Welcome to Counsel the Word, a podcast of the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship. I'm your host, Keith Palmer, and today we're going to be talking about loving messy people. Well, I'm very grateful to have uh, here with me today my good friend, Scott Mel. Uh, Scott is the pastor of Cornerstone Church of West L.A., and that's West Los Angeles. That's right. right? <laughs> Not West Louisiana. And uh, he is a counselor with the, the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors and also teaches for them. Uh, and he's also a good friend. We went through our doctoral program together and have enjoyed uh, hanging out a number of times since then. Uh, right. so, that's, so, that's right. So, so good to have you here today. Yeah, thanks for... Let me be with you. This is, this is such an honor, and uh, and I I just love any opportunity to talk with you, Keith. So well, I, appreciate I appreciate that. It. Well, so as it happens, we happen to be teaching together for ACBC right. this weekend. Right. We thought, hey, let's do a podcast. So, <laughs> but no, the, the occasion of all this is uh, you just published your first book called "Loving Messy People: The Messy Art of Helping One Another Become More Like Jesus." Uh, so, why write a book about loving messy people? Yeah, I mean, it, it really came out of uh, the realities of what was going on in our own local church um, as we were seeking to equip people in our church to really just care for one another. You know, not everyone is going to be, consider themselves a counselor, right? Not, I think, unfortunately, not everyone even consider themselves a discipler. But the reality is that the, the word of God calls every single one of us, every single Christian to love and care for those around us. And uh, the, the problem is, Everyone around us is pretty messy, right? including right? us. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. It's not, it's not easy. It, it's not easy, and and we need uh, we need to care, and the people around us need care, and the way God's provided for that is each one of us loving one another. So we we tried to wanted to equip the people in our church to do that, and realize that even in the the broader church, I think a lot of people don't see themselves. And when, when, when there's a when there's a struggle that somebody in your life is, is struggling with, when there's a pain or a sin issue, I think oftentimes people say, "Oh, I need to send you to someone else, right? I need to, you need to go talk to a pastor, you need to go talk to a counselor." Like we we don't see ourselves as ones who can be used by God in their life to help them become more like Jesus, to help help them grow. Um, but in fact. That's exactly what God calls us to. And so I, I wrote this really to, to help both cast the vision and also answer the question of, okay, well, how, how do I even do that? Right? Like, where, where do I, where do I start? Because I think that's where most people really get tripped up. Even if they think, okay, maybe I should do something, they, they don't even know what to say or what to, what to do. So in, in casting that vision and trying to help us to learn how do I even start caring for people, uh, you use a great analogy in one of your chapters uh, that personal ministry is like jazz. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I, jazz is interesting because I think it's kind of a love-hate thing. Right? You, people either love jazz or they really don't like jazz. There's not many many people that are just neutral on jazz. Right. But, right. but I really enjoy jazz. And one of the things I, I really enjoy about – I'm not a jazz musician, but I love uh, witnessing jazz. And one of the things I love about jazz is is that it is so – it's it's always um, improvisational. Right, so you don't really see a jazz performance, but but you more more just witness a, a musical moment um, that that isn't isn't duplicatable. It's 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 not um, 
pre-programmed uh, because the reality is in, in jazz there's no script right you're taking all the different uh, musical skills that you've gained and all the things that you've learned and putting them into shape to to complement for what's most needed in a particular moment and and I, I think that's actually a really compelling picture for what most personal ministry and care for one another is like because uh, I think for most of us, we wish there was a script, right? That's like, right. like yeah. we, we make, it, make it easier. Yeah, we we want to get trained, and we want we want to know like, okay, if, if if I have a friend that's struggling with depression, what's the Bible verse I use? If I have a friend that's struggling with pornography, like, what's the what's the book I give them? What's the and then and there's all sorts of resources and books and Bible verses that we should learn and that we should know. But in any given moment, in any given relationship, there's not one truth. One thing to say, one resource to hand that's always exactly what every person needs. It's, it, God puts us in those moments and calls us to, to uh, led by his spirit and constrained and, and, and filled our, our mouths filled with his word to improvise, mm-hmm. to, to seek to love them in the way that, in fact, actually only we can because God put us as and I think most of us think that we're disqualified from that because we're messy people too, right? Because right? yeah. uh, we, we are messy. We have our own struggles and, 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 and hang-ups, but God loves using messy people to care for and love other messy people. Um, and, and it's not – he doesn't do it in a scripted way. He does it in an improvisational way that, it, that is unique and new. Um, in reality, every single time, every single situation we, we step into. So there's skills, but those skills equip us for a dynamic improvisational ministry with messy people that's exactly. organic and, and natural in a sense as conversation and whatnot. Yeah. Exactly. So I so I can hear people listening to this going, man, there's not a script. <laughs> oh no, you know, I was yeah. Scott was going to give me the script and now he's not going to give me a yeah. script. So what are some of those skills um, that people would need to minister to messy people that sort of guide this this organic conversation we're trying to have with people? Yeah. So I, I mean, I think. Uh, Fundamentally, all of those skills, first of all, flow out of love. Like we gain them by both being captivated by God's love for us and by genuinely loving and caring for the people that God places around us. And then as, as that love manifests itself, it, 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 it manifests itself in, in skills like listening, right? Like asking good questions, um, like interpreting what we're hearing in light of a biblical worldview and, and, and putting it in the, in the context and the categories of, of, of suffering and sin. And, um, and it involves serving others, you know, it, it, caring for others. Bear, it, it involves bearing with others and, and learning the, the, the skills of, of both bearing with one another when things are difficult and, and sharing with others our, our time and, and even our, our resources, like sacrificing, not just giving people our words, but, but giving others our, our lives. Right? I think of Paul who says, you know, like we, we gave our, uh, our whole lives as well, right, in First Thessalonians 2. And so, and in addition to that, I think there, we need to be equipped. Uh, I don't know if uh, skills is part of it, but we need to be equipped really with just truth. Hmm. Right, with biblical truth about who God is, about what who He's revealed Himself to be in His Word, so we might know Him more. Who, who, what He's taught us about who we are, what what He's taught us about um, what He's done for us, and, and how He's called us to live, so that we can then kind of equipped with that truth, speak truthfully into people's lives about what 
what the ways that they're living that aren't consistent with the way what God's called how God's called them to live to, to speak into people's lives about the ways they are living in ways that are consistent with how God's called them to live by, and, and affirm them in that and and to in all of it give them hope in the in the reality and depth and power of the God of the universe who is actively working in in their lives and so I think in, in a lot of ways. There's a, a number of different both skills and truths that we have to continue to equip ourselves with as we relate to God, um, go deeper and deeper in in his word, in our regular study, and in our relationship with him. And then uh, and then we do deliver that, though. We live that out in a, in a dynamic and um, unique way every time. One of the things you talk about in the book is just how the gospel really has to be the center of um, the rescue that we need from our own messiness as well as the the antidote to dealing with messy people. Um, as we do ministry with others, how do we help get the gospel into the heart of those that are struggling? Mm. Yeah, I think it's that's such a good question, and I think it's so important as we care for and minister to one another to, to not just simply speak truth, like things that are true, but to help massage that truth into the depths of hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, first of all, I think that starts with helping people um, realize that actually most of the time the, the problem is actually worse than they think it is, um, both externally and internally. I think sometimes we people tend to actually downplay the suffering that they're experiencing, that, that, that actually the, the, the impact of living in a fallen world um, shapes us and causes pain and difficulty, I think even more so than we tend to realize. And so helping people see the way that scripture speaks honestly about the reality and depth of suffering in our world, I think is is a part of that. Um, And another part of it is helping them see how honestly scripture speaks about the the depth of fallenness in our hearts as well. Uh, that, That not only is the problem out there worse than we realize, the problem inside of our hearts is worse than we realize too, and that our, our sin, um, and this is where concepts of, of worship and idolatry and things like that help help people see that, wait, this isn't just something I'm doing that's wrong, right? But there are fundamental desires in the depths of my heart that are that are motivating this, that, um, th- that, are, uh, that are an affront to the reality of, of God and, and, and the the call for me to worship him, to, to, to adore him. Um, but if we just stop there, everybody would just be hopeless and, and discouraged. I think we massage the gospel and by first helping them see that the problem's worse than they realize, but then secondly, reminding them that that means that God's grace is greater than they ever thought possible. Um, and because that means his grace redeems suffering that is bigger than they even realized and that his grace covers a depth of sin that, uh, that that they had never even really confessed before. And I think that that paints God's grace as so even more glorious and more beautiful and more magnificent than we ever realized before. And it, 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 it doesn't just, cause we, we can't just choose to worship differently. Right, you can just okay. I'm worshiping myself. I'll choose to worship God. Like we, worship comes from our hearts. It's inspired. So we have to catch a glimpse of the glory and beauty of God. And when we see God and His grace and His glory and His beauty, 
it, it inspires our worship. And from there, from, the, from that heart that, that's captivated by his worship, then we strive to live lives that are actually more obedient, more trusting than, more radical than we ever thought possible because uh, of how the magnitude of that grace transforms us. And so that's a, I talk about that obviously in a number of chapters in, in the book as we kind of think through it, but I think taking those types of things step by step are ways that we can help people massage the truth that even maybe the truth that they know mm-hmm. uh, into the depths of their hearts in a way that 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 genuinely transforms mm-hmm. which which ultimately is what God's after right in the midst of all of our mess I know in the midst of my mess like mm-hmm. God is after mm-hmm. not just like cleaning things up a little bit like he wants to transform me mm-hmm. from the inside out to to make me more and more like Jesus mm-hmm. you know one of the premises of the book here is that Life is messy, and people are messy, and and I know there are Christians that want to be involved in the lives of people, but frankly, they're intimidated by that mess. Mm. They don't want to be involved because it's too hard, it's too difficult or overwhelming. Uh, And you're a pastor. We're pastors, and I love hearing your shepherd's heart. Talk to that believer who wants to be involved in loving messy people, but but they're intimidated, they're afraid. Why why should they want to get involved in that? Mm. That's such a good question, I think. First of all, I think a lot of that intimidation and, and fear comes from uh, just not being honest about how messy we are, right? I think it, it, it starts there, mm-hmm. recognizing that I'm... Um, We're not any different. No. No, it's not, it's not like I need to go minister to... Like, I'm sitting here on the clean side, and I need to go minister to the messy right. people over there, right? right? Like, right. I, I have to be honest about how... Uh, what, what a mess my heart is, and what a mess life is, even if I have like a facade that makes it look okay. The reality is like, I'm, we're all really struggling and fighting sin and, and wrestling. And, and that leads us to remember how great and glorious God's grace towards <laughs> us has been, right? That, that God stepped out. And it, may, it makes me think of the, the parable of the unforgiving servant, right? Like the whole picture is that we should be forgiving because God has not only just forgiven us a little bit, like he, he's forgiven us unimaginably more than we're ever going to be asked to forgive someone else because of the, the, the glory of his grace. And I think in a, in a similar way, God asks us to, he, he wants to use us in the, the messes of the lives around us because he has, he living in heaven in the like clean place to, to take the analogy, <laughs> maybe right. a little step too far, but <laughs> like, right, in, in perfection, he stepped out of perfection into the mess of this fallen world for us. And, in following him, I, to follow Jesus is to follow him uh, into the, the mess of life for, out, of, out of love for others. Well, thank you for listening to Counsel the Word. For more information about the ministry of Pastor Scott Mell and Cornerstone Church of West L.A., you can visit them at their website, cornerstonewla.org. And again, the book that we've been talking about today is called Loving Messy People, The Messy Art of Helping One Another Become More Like Jesus, published by Shepherd Press. And uh, you can purchase the book at shepherdpress.org or Amazon or wherever you like to get books. So so grateful, Scott, to have you here today. Uh, Bless you and thank you for the conversation. Absolutely. Uh, Thank you again, Keith. And for more information about the Center for Biblical Counseling and Discipleship, you can visit us on our website at thecbcd.org.